Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. Summer is fast approaching and even if you don't have a holiday booked, you might be heading outdoors with the kids on a hot day and be thinking about swimwear or wearing little vests and shorts. Lots of us have body hang-ups, whether you're a size 22 and can't face wearing a bikini or a size 10 and you hate your stretch marks and small boobs. But my guest on today's episode thinks that we can all make tracks to accepting and even loving our bodies, no matter what we look like. Molly Forbes is a mum of two, a broadcaster and co-host of podcast Bodycons and she's currently a host on Channel 4 programme Naked Beach where she helps people accept their bodies and even love them in a bit of a social experiment devised by experts. She spends the whole programme naked apart from beautiful body paint and she talked to me about what that was like and why she thinks the show is so important. Welcome, Molly. Hello. Uh, so for the purpose of the listener, um, we're obviously sitting here completely naked, apart from <laughs> a bit of body paint, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I want everyone to be able to picture that. Yeah. Um, no, not, not, not really. We're fully clothed, <laughs> I promise. you know what we should do? We could do. It's not too late. I've got a bit of snazzaroo in my bag. Do a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite pruned. If, if, if you give me some warning, then I could have... Uh, I could have pruned myself a little bit this morning in the shower, but no. Um, so, welcome. You are a host on Channel 4's Naked Beach. Yes. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about the programme and your role as a host on it? It's, um, there's nothing, there is nothing like this on telly at the moment and there has never been anything like this on telly before. So it's kind of difficult to explain, but the concept is it's putting out a message that's sort of the opposite of the Love Island kind of messages. We're showing a range of different normal naked bodies on telly. It's a family-friendly show, pre-watershed, um, and we are all in body paint. And the idea is each week on each episode, we get three different new guests who all have their own body hang-ups and don't feel comfortable in their skin to come out and spend time with eight hosts 
who I am one of. And uh, we basically, over a few days, make them feel better during a range of activities and one-to-one sessions. And it's all based on this social experiment that's been devised by a guy called Dr. Keon West from Goldsmiths University and uh, Natasha Devon, MBE, who's a body image campaigner. And they sort of put together this experiment based on lots of different bits of research and well you can find out whether it works by watching the show it's brilliant I mean I watched the first episode and didn't really know what to expect because with with this sort of program you think oh how much of it is going to be kind of you know titillation and a bit kind of like oh there's a bum and oh there's a boob and you know a little bit of research kind of thrown in just to legitimize it but it was it's amazing. It's so, so good. And you guys, you're all on an island in Greece, aren't you? Yes. In a villa. And so therefore walking around in, you know, Starkers, it's fine because it's warm and it's not like you're in Bognor Regis <laughs> freezing yeah. your asses off. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, th- yeah, there is, it's a luxury villa in Greece um, on a Greek island and it was warm and some days it was really hot. Some days it was quite windy though, to be fair, though, you know, it wasn't always like boiling hot. Um, But yeah, th- we're in body paint and the idea with the body paint is that it's sort of, it, it twofold really on the one hand it means that we can show the show before nine o'clock because it kind of means that all it's not about private parts it's not about um titillation it's not filmed in a gratuitous way it's about body shapes and showing a different range of body shapes and, and actually quite often of it's, it's not your private parts always that you are worried about no. it's it's the other stuff it's, yeah. it's your stomach it's your yeah. thighs sure. it's you know the state of your skin it's you know, your wobbly arms, upper arms. It's all that stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But I think also the location was important um, and, and the body paint was important, both those things, because for the guests coming in, they didn't know what to expect. They just knew that they were on a Greek island and that they were going to hopefully be made to feel better about their bodies and it was some kind of experiment and that they were going to be taking part in it. But they didn't know what to expect when they walk through the door so they walk through the door and it's this beautiful gorgeous villa which is important because it makes them feel comfortable and special and it's a new experience um but they're also greeted with all this body paint so it's bright and it's colorful and it's cheerful but also it's not too intimidating it's not like complete nakedness straight yeah. away it kind of eases them into the idea i love that moment though where they walk walk in and they just see you guys all like you know all of you standing there naked apart from the body paint and their faces are just like what's going on <laughs> i would get really nervous actually before they walked in you would have a moment just before they're about to walk in and you know they're on the other side of the door and you know that you have no idea what their response is going to be and because i'm i'm an empath i really feel other people's feelings um and i i get nervous for other people so i wasn't nervous for myself but it was almost like that excite you know that excitement that you get on christmas eve when you're a kid yeah before you you know that something really cool is going to happen but you don't know what yeah. it was that kind of feeling but also feeling nervous for them and also you're not in control of that situation no. you know no. anything could happen exactly and that was the beauty of it because it was 
everything that you see on camera happened it was real life it's not a scripted it's really difficult lots of people have referred to it as a reality show and I suppose in a way it kind of is a reality show um, because it's it's real life that they're filming but it isn't a reality show like TOWIE or Made in Chelsea Um, there's no scripted element to it it's more of a an experiment really Um, like I said there's nothing like this on telly at the moment it's really difficult to explain really you have to kind of watch it to get it it. (laughs) and the thing that I love about it and as cheesy as this sounds but it is watching those three guests go on that journey yeah and it's the fact I mean I watched uh, Gogglebox the other night (laughs) they they uh, had the you know Gogglebox uh, families watching Naked Beach and the watching them kind of edit it down for a a goggle box really I think encapsulated the journey that the guests go on because they start off being like oh my god no no way I'm not getting naked oh my god horrified even horrified at the fact they're being asked to spend 20 minutes a night looking at themselves naked in a mirror quite often all of them are like no 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 no, can't do that oh oh hate it yeah to then see them gradually very gradually get to the point where they're wearing body paint yeah. or completely naked with you guys. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. And I think that was the thing for us as well, because when we went out there, we didn't know if it was going to work. We all knew that the eight of us had a, we hadn't met each other before. You know, we got to the airport. That was the first time I met all the other guys. Um, and by the end of the plane journey, by the time we landed, we were all getting on so well. We lived together for, you know, over four weeks. We didn't know if it was going to work, but we knew that we all got on. We knew that we all had, um, like, we were all really positive, upbeat kind of people. We all felt completely, obviously, happy and comfortable and good in our skin. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been out there and been picked to be hosts. Um, but we weren't, we had no idea if that would rub off on the people that we were spending time with. And also, every guest had a different um feeling towards their body they had their own different hang-ups and their own different experiences like we all do because we're all different so you know there were different hosts that connected with different people and and also we all connected with them in different ways but again we had no idea you know you you say to someone oh in four days this is going to completely literally change your life you kind of like, yeah, You're a whatever. bit cynical, aren't you? You are cynical. Yeah, and of course. It, that came across in the Gogglebox families. When they first watched it at the beginning, they were like, no way, no way. And then as the show goes on and you kind of see the the change in mindset, um, and that was all a mixture of the way that the guests were kind of um, literally exposed to like our, our bodies and just getting used to it. And also spending time with their own naked bodies because there was a fear for them. They weren't just scared of other people's bodies. They were li- they were scared of their own of to the point where they couldn't even look at themselves. Yeah. Um, and that was just really beautiful to be part of that and to see, to witness that gradual change. Every day they'd come down for breakfast and they might be wearing a little bit more. They might be wearing a vest top or they might have arrived only wearing black and they might be wearing like a colourful T-shirt. And it yeah. was so exciting to see gradually, bit by bit, the, the drip feeding of all these, you know, positive messages counteracting all the other things that they've been told or things they've told themselves. It's that thing though, isn't it, that we're also hardwired to be aiming for this ideal, in inverted commas, this ideal body where it's like slimmer, smaller, tighter, you know, um, per- tight, perfect skin, no wobbly bits, you know, this kind of like 
who has that body hardly anyone has that mm. perfect body I know, and those yeah. of us who do i say us like i'm one of them mm. <laughs> those people who do <laughs> are probably spending so much time and effort you know in the gym and eating certain foods it's kind of got to be a full-time project but it's kind of weird that we're also hardwired to aim for that it is i think that there's so many different layers to it because on the one hand um a lot of the time we're comparing ourselves to images in magazines or on telly that have been digitally manipulated they're not even real people they're not even real images so there's that there's also the other side of it that we're often only seeing one particular type of body um and we are comparing ourselves to that one type that we're seeing on telly and in magazines but actually when you walk down the street you see a whole range of different types of people um and then the other part of it is also, I think we have this nostalgia thing going on with our own bodies and we look back to what we used to look like five or ten years ago before we had kids or, you know, before we were in a relationship or whatever. And we compare ourselves to that former idea of who we were then and then we think we have to get back to ourselves yeah. where actually we are ourselves right now yeah. and our bodies aren't meant to stay the same throughout our lives. But because we are constantly being bombarded with these images and we're not actually seeing... Um, the the range of beautiful bodies that are around, and we're told that this narrow idea of this 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 one type of body is what's beautiful. We're not able to see the beauty in all the other types of bodies too. Yeah. But hopefully, this show is counteracting some of those messages, and that's is. actually where I think social media is really good as well. Because although Instagram comes in for a lot of stick on that side of you know people filtering Filters, stuff, yeah, but actually it can be a really good place to see some of the the bodies that we see in real life. You know, I think if we <laughs> if you go to the beach and you, and you just go to a beach on a normal day. How many different types of oh people goodness. do you see? Yeah. I think I was probably late 20s, early 30s when I cottoned on to that. And I was, you know, I was in that horrible cycle thing of like, oh, I've got a holiday coming up. I need to basically starve myself for the next few weeks so that I can wear a bikini. Yeah. Even though I then would put the bikini on and I still wasn't massively happy. Mm. But I was probably late 20s, early 30s when I would be on the beach or around the swimming pool and be looking around and thinking, they all just look like me. Like, mm. why am I, who, who am I wanting to look slim and toned for? Yeah. Like, no one else is, seems to be bothered. Why I am I? I think a lot of the time we have this idea that everyone's going to judge us mm. and that we're going to be judged. And actually, sometimes we are judged. But I think that often those moments come from people who are judging themselves yeah. heavily because they're so invested in, in that kind of narrow idea of what's beautiful. And... Um, yeah, I think it's really, I think that the show kind of really encapsulates all the different types of hang-ups that people can have and the different reasons for those hang-ups. It might be that someone said something to them as a kid and it stayed with them or it might be that their body's totally changed and they're just not familiar with it. Um, or it might be that they are constantly comparing themselves to other people around them or people in magazines and I think there's it's such a multi-layered subject. That's why I'm fascinated by it. It's why I do what I do because there is no sort of one particular route. You can easily say, oh, well, it's all the media's fault. It's magazine's fault. But it isn't just that. It's not just a case of, oh, stop buying women's magazines and you'll feel better about your body because these messages are everywhere. You would literally have to live in a cave on top of a mountain to avoid these messages. Yeah. With no Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> Which, let's face it, that sounds like hell. Yeah. Um, or heaven, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I think the really interesting thing about the show is that it's 
like like you say it's all different body shapes and sizes and hang-ups yeah you know it's not a case of every guest who's arriving on the show uh feels that they are fat Mm. it is you know you've had people with skin issues you've had people who've got stretch marks who hate them you know and even in terms of like the hosts there's a real range of body shapes and sizes like you yourself yeah you're not massively overweight But I've seen quite a bit of criticism online, mostly, um, from people who kind of feel like uh, somebody perhaps like yourself uh, shouldn't really be talking about body confidence or um, there's the kind of body positivity movement that's going on because they kind of feel like unless you are very overweight and have been discriminated against because of your size, you shouldn't really be talking about this stuff. How do do you feel about that? I think it's, I I get the point. I think it is a fair point to a certain extent because there is definitely an element of privilege. You know, I'm a a thin white woman. I'm a size 12 to 14. Um, I haven't ever been discriminated. I haven't ever had someone shout abuse at me in the street. I've never missed out on a job interview because of my body shape. And I totally accept that. Um, And I appreciate that it's hard for all of us to like the skin we're in because we're all bombarded with these messages and this diet culture stuff. Um, And it's even harder for people who live in a body that is kind of marginalised body who uh, maybe they are much bigger or maybe they're living with an impairment. And so they've been discriminated against. And so I totally get that. But the other side of it is that you can't ever tell how someone feels about their body just from the way that they look, just like you can't tell what someone's personality is. I think that we have to be really careful not to make judgments about people in all walks of life um, and and not ever just assume that we can know everything about someone just from the way they look. And actually, the reality is, is that there's lots of supermodels who feel awful in their skin, who are suffering with eating disorders. And um, there's lots of people who do fit that narrow ideal of what's beautiful and they have a critically low body image. So that's why I think this show is so great because it does show a range of different people and it shows all the different ways that people can feel bad in their skin and not just it's not just about feeling better in yourself but the way that these people were feeling it was affecting their quality of life you know they weren't taking their kids swimming they weren't going on holiday with their mates so some of them you know weren't even going out to the pub with their friends because they would have a last minute panic about their outfit before they go out and I think we've all been there at some point yeah so everyone can kind of relate to that so I think it's a complicated subject and with regards to body positivity I know that um, that is a massive online movement and it's a controversial thing I don't ever tag any of my Instagram posts with body positive because I don't see myself as part of that movement as such I don't live in a marginalized body Um, it is a political movement Um, but body confidence is a separate thing and body image is an issue that affects any human you know we all have bodies so we all have a body a personal body image yeah um, and I've seen a few articles about how shocking it is that uh, Channel 4 are showing naked bodies pre-9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, but you think that it's something that we should be watching with our kids, don't you? For sure. Absolutely. I think like in this country, we have this weird relationship with nudity. It's either proper puritanical kind of Victorian, you know, oh, nakedness, or it's Benny Hill, saucy, <laughs> you know, Barbara Windsor in a bikini. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And actually... 
we all have bodies underneath our clothes and they're nothing to be ashamed of. And if we continue with these ideas of, of bodies are something to hide behind and bodies are hide, to hide away and bodies are something to be embarrassed about, then what are we passing on to our kids and future generations? You know, teenagers, there's so much research out at the moment that shows that particularly in this country we have a real issue with negative body image and there are loads of children and teenagers some girls as young as five years old who are feeling bad about the way they look Mm. and I think we need to whatever we're doing whatever we have been doing hasn't worked because these figures are getting higher and higher people are feeling worse and worse so we need to start changing those conversations a, we need to start talking about it and not being embarrassed to talk about it and not doing that Brit stiff upper lip thing of like hiding our feelings under the table. Yeah. Um, but B, we also need to start just getting real about about bodies and about the fact that they're nothing to be ashamed of and maybe be a bit more continental about it. You go onto the beach in France and, you know, everyone's kind of topless or in Spain, whereas, you know, here in, in, in Britain, we're sort of, ooh, yeah. but it isn't anything to be embarrassed about. It's not, you know, nakedness doesn't always have to be to do with sex. That's I so think true. that's the ultimate thing. It doesn't always have to be about sex and, and sexiness. And I mean, there's a lot to be said for feeling sexually empowered, but it doesn't always have to be about that. Yeah. Ultimately, we all, everyone has a body. It's not a big deal, you know? I think for me, um, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of saying, oh, you know, we shouldn't be sweeping it under the carpet, doing that kind of British thing of pretending that it's not a thing. I think for me, then this kind of goes across a lot of areas where it comes to talking to my daughter. I've got an eight-year-old and... I sometimes feel a bit like I don't want to talk about that thing because if I make it into a thing, Mm. then she might go away and start thinking about it and it might almost like set the cogs in motion in her brain and she might start looking at her body and thinking, oh, my, 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 my thighs are a bit fat or you know, oh, I'm not happy with this. So I just feel a bit like if I just don't talk about it, yeah, then it'll be fine. But actually, that's probably the worst thing I could well, be doing, isn't it? No. I, I, do you know what? I don't talk about it. I don't talk to my kids all the time about how amazing their bodies are. Um, we don't talk about it. We just have a... Look open, at your bum. It's yeah, so cute. No. <laughs> we just have a have an open policy. I think yeah. that you don't need to be sitting down and having big, you know, psychoanalyzing everything. But it's about your attitude and about the way that you behave. And it's about role modelling. And children we all know they copy don't they they role model behavior and so for me at home um I'm often naked around my kids you know I don't jump out the shower and quickly cover myself up I'll get out the shower and you know they see me in and out the shower I mean we're not naturists I don't like cook the Sunday roast in the buff but we are we're open about nudity and I never want my children to feel shame around their bodies and I think that starts with myself I never look in the mirror and pull at my body and think oh say oh I don't like this I don't like the way I'm looking or you know I never do any of that I just am I just am open about it I think it's really important for children and for all of us to know that we are more than our bodies Mm. and our bodies are actually a secondary thing it doesn't really matter and I agree that if you start talking about bodies all the time and all bodies are beautiful and are constantly going on about it, it does become a thing mm. but actually if we just had a bit more of an open attitude to it um and we're just a bit kinder to ourselves in front of our children yeah. then they might be a bit kinder to themselves too i also think that sometimes making yourself be kind about yourself in front of your children 
kind of just reminds you to do it in general. You should yeah. you should be doing it anyway. Yeah. And I found myself the other day, it was one of the first kind of warm days of the year. And last summer, when we had that massive heat wave, I wore maternity clothes. So I suddenly found myself looking through my wardrobe, thinking, what did I wear two summers ago? I can't remember. What, what are all my summer clothes? I'm pulling out a few things and then a few dresses and putting them on and being like, actually... Six months after having my babies, I, I, I can't really wear this dress right now. Yeah. And my daughter was like, Mommy, why aren't you wearing that dress? Why are you taking it off? And I was really careful not to say anything like, oh, I'm too fat for it. Or I basically just said to her, oh, my stomach is still a bit kind of wobbly and fat after having the babies. And I kind of like wobbled it around in front of her. But that will kind of change again and it will kind of go back to the way it was. And actually, it probably won't go back to the way mm. it was. But I was really kind of almost overthinking how I was saying this to her because I didn't want to give her a negative message or, you know, be saying to her, fat wobbly tummies are bad yeah. or... It, it, it's, it's a really tricky we subject. tie ourselves up in knots, can't we? We when do. Actually, you could have just said, it's not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I think that? Right, Molly, I need you on speed dial. So when I'm getting dressed every morning, I'm like, Molly, Molly, what should I say? Yeah, I mean, I do think we we live in a really sort of uh, politically aware age and the internet where we're often dissecting things and wondering, especially with our kids, you know, what's the best way to to talk about these messages. I think sometimes the best way to be is just to be open and and try not to overcomplicate things. I think often, I mean, I know I'm guilty of this sometimes as well, overcomplicating things. But that's why I think um, it's important to try and get away from this idea that the body is something to be ashamed of or embarrassed about or to cover up um, these sort of Victorian ideas because actually they're not and the more open we are about it the more our children will just see that they're nothing to be ashamed of too and their own changing bodies are nothing to be ashamed of and maybe they'll be more likely to talk to us about those changes when they happen yeah um, and that's why this show is is important and it's why it's a family show um, not just the fact that there are lots of children and teenagers who are really suffering with this stuff and feeling bad about their bodies and comparing themselves but also because it's a really good way to open up these conversations between families I've had so many messages from mums and dads and grandparents who've watched it with their children or their grandchildren and it's been a really beautiful way to start a conversation about different body types and about their own kids bodies or about their own mum their own mum bodies and the way that their bodies have changed. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Yeah. Because on episode one, you had um, one guest who really hated her stretch marks and she really yeah. felt like her body had changed so much since having her son. I think she had a Alicia, son. Alicia, yeah. And um, that's something that so many of us, I think, can relate to. And obviously, you know, I've just I've just explained to you about how I was there, like trying on summer dresses and feeling like nothing fits me anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I just went out and bought like a few like really cheap uh, yeah. baggy dresses to wear which but that they're basically going to be my summer uniform and it's fine um but it's i think it's something really hard that when we do have you know when we have a baby and our bodies change and it's actually something it's really hard for us to i think get used to this new shape and the new way our bodies are isn't it it is and i think one of the really difficult things is that we're almost told that we're allowed to celebrate our bodies when we're growing a baby Mm. and we often see lots of really sort of beautiful images of pregnant women with their majestic bumps you know think about beyonce goddess like with her bump and the veil and all of that Um, But actually, we don't see that many images of women after they've had the baby. So the idea is that we can celebrate them when they're growing the baby and then you've had the baby and your body's done this amazing thing. But quickly get back to how you used to be. Yeah, cover it up. And as soon as you can get back into the gym, do. Yeah. And make sure that you're not eating too many biscuits and yeah. cakes because you need to get back to the way you were. And we praise that like it's a moral thing. So, you know, um, throwing no shade on Kate Middleton, but she comes out on the steps and, and oh, she looks amazing. And that's like a real thing to, to praise. Still, sorry, can we just pause there? I still <laughs> do not understand. I remember that day, that day when she had her, her first. I'm sure it was when she had her first. And she came out onto the steps and I was just like, how is this woman doing it? She yeah. looks amazing she had a whole team of people to help her didn't she it was a stage managed event even from like a mental emotional point of view how i don't know how you could get yourself from that hospital bed where you're a bit like sweaty and covered in blood and covered in you know bodily fluids and just feeling like i've literally just created a human (laughs) to to even if you did have a team of people like whipping up around you and doing your hair and putting makeup on you how could you get yourself onto those steps smiling mm. for the world's cameras? Do you know, like the whole Kate Middleton thing was really interesting because I think that um, I agree. I, I couldn't get my head around it. But I I looked at her and I didn't immediately think, oh, she looks amazing. I thought, oh, poor love. You know, I wanted to just like get her back in her joggers yeah. and give her a cup of tea yes. and a biscuit and just have a sit down and, you know, I'll hold the baby for you while you have a rest. Yeah. Um, but it's a different world, isn't it? They're yeah. different people. And also you don't know what happened in, it was a few moments. You don't know what happened in the moments before she walked out onto those steps. And you don't know what happened when she got in the car. She might have burst into I'd tears, like to think she burst into, you know? not, not because I'm being mean, but just because that would that would feel normal if she'd you got into the car, burst into tears and been like, William, that was so hard. Yeah. And he was like, you did really well. You did yeah. really well. Well yeah. done. Well done. Yeah. We'll get you home. I just think it's another example of the awful pressure that we put on women, though, you know, mm. and, and, and the way that the, the media, some of the media have come out against Megan for yes. not wanting to do that, like almost affronted, like she's yeah. letting, letting them down. And no. I think if anyone who's had a baby would be understanding that actually no one owns that woman's body, no one has the right to see the baby or the or the mum apart from the mum and the baby like ultimately it's up to you and it's the same with your body no one has the right to tell you whether you've just had a baby or not that your body is somehow wrong mm. no one has that right yeah. whether it's whether it's your best friend or your mum or your gran or an article in a magazine no one else has the power or the right to criticize 
your body or to tell you that you need to change it. Um, people will try, but ultimately you do have the power to say, no, thank you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to listen to that. And I think that the whole thing with new mum, new mum bodies is that the best way that you can feel good in your skin after having a baby is to try and see as many as many images of other normal mum bodies you know go to your antenatal class and talk to your friends about their stretch marks and be open about it and try and avoid all this diet chat you know and this quick I'm gonna snap back um but that said some women do snap back and that's fine too there's no right or wrong that's the thing isn't it that is why social media is kind of is good in this in this sense because you can go on there and see new mums showing you know rolls of flab stretch marks you know typically not attractive you know views of of their body and actually saying this is fine this this is how I look and it's normal and it's it's okay you know like I've gone from thinking not only is it fine and normal and and it's okay and it's completely it's completely how your body you know should look after you've done something so amazing but I've gone to now thinking a step more that actually I think those kind of bodies are really beautiful they're really bloody beautiful like the stretch marks and the silvery they're like you know a little map and I look at my stretch marks and I remember the first time I saw that I was getting stretch marks and feeling this sense of dread and quickly like slapping on the oil now I look at them and I think they're a mark of this beautiful little human that I created and I know that sounds cheesy and I know there'll be people who are listening to this who are like rolling their eyes but actually I think that it is possible to get from the mindset where you think actually it's totally normal it's nothing to worry about it's it's just part of a changing body to actually seeing these different shapes and and seeing roles and thinking actually they are pretty beautiful so how did you how did you get to that point because you haven't I've heard you speaking about this before that you haven't always you know, you haven't kind of been that person who's woken up every morning. I love my body. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, skipping around the house naked, looking in the mirror, kind of like <laughs> winking <laughs> at yourself. <laughs> looking good, Molly. Um, so what's your journey been? Yeah, I think I think um, it's been similar to lots of people in the way that I was very much a part of this whole diet culture idea so although I never did sort of Weight Watchers or Slimming World and although I never um kind of told myself I was on a diet I would always be on some kind of diet so whether that was oh I'm not eating carbs today or whether it was um I'm going to really work out and then I can deserve to go out for dinner and drinks with my friends tonight or whether it was you know bookmarking a holiday or Christmas or any kind of big event with restricting what I was eating or drinking loads of water there was always something yeah. That was always there in my mind. So although I wouldn't necessarily be following some kind of food plan or diet, there was always something there. And I think the idea was ultimately that, that although I never felt so bad in my body that I let it stop me from doing things, um, I did always feel like it wasn't quite good enough. And I did always feel like I needed to change it a little bit. So that was the running thread all the way throughout my late teens and 20s. And then when I had my daughter, my first daughter, I was 26, nearly 27. And I just thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to pass this on to her. My body has actually done something amazing. But while theoretically, intellectually, I could appreciate that my body had grown a human and done this amazing thing. The reality was I didn't feel that in in my heart of hearts. Mm. I didn't feel this amazing awe of my body I just sort of felt the pressure that I needed to get it back to how it 
how it had been yeah. the irony being that before I didn't even appreciate it anyway that's the thing isn't it is that quite often you know you were saying earlier that we've got this nostalgia of wanting to get our bodies back to the way it was before kids or before we were in a relationship and actually when you think back to those times you probably weren't happy with your body at that point you were yeah. probably even then thinking oh I really you know need to lose a few pounds or you know I really want to tone up my arms a bit yeah. you know it's like it's just yeah. this constant quest for perfection yeah and you never you never get there no. but and even when you do lose the weight or do the thing, you, you still, there's always something more that you can improve. Um, and I think that really clicked for me after I had my second daughter. After I had um, Effie, I felt like the change in identity from being a mum of one to a mum of two, we'd also moved to a different area and my job had kind of changed. So I was presenting a radio show before and then I wasn't anymore and I was doing more online stuff. And I just felt a little bit at sea and I think also my baby didn't sleep and I breastfed her for three years and all of that stuff contributed to me sort of just feeling not very confident about myself and that manifested itself in feelings towards my body and I think often when we are feeling a bit low at work or maybe we have a setback with something else in our life or someone breaks up with us or you know a friend ditches us for a night out we can take that out on our body and mm. so the easiest thing is oh well if I just look like this and that wouldn't have happened or you know if I can't be rich at least I can be thin or if I can't have um you know if I can't have the boyfriend I'll get the revenge body and I'll show him and all of that stuff is ultimately just useless it doesn't mean anything because our bodies are still here fighting for us every day showing up doing the things and I realised um, there was a moment when I was like weighing spinach and my elder daughter was like, mum, why are you weighing spinach? And I think I'd made them like a really nice spaghetti bolognese and I wasn't going to eat it. I was having a spinach salad. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> mm. um, and I just thought, actually, there's no sane answer to this. I don't know what to tell her. Yeah. I have no I have no way to talk about this in a way that I feel proud and, and able to explain. And that was when I really started thinking, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and really working on my mind instead of my body. And the irony is, is that once I got to the place where I actually felt really happy and confident and comfortable in my skin, I started treating my body much better. Yeah. And I started doing things that felt good for my body, not because I wanted to change the shape of it, but because I actually just enjoyed the feeling of it. I used to hate running absolutely hated it with a passion but I would go because I would like have to flog myself and force myself to do it now I really like running I mean it's it's probably more of a shuffle it's quite slow but I like putting my podcast on and listening to you know stuff and just getting that headspace um and same with yoga you know I used to kind of go to yoga and think it was a bit of a cop out and just go to have the nap at the end but now <laughs> I actually really enjoy kind of moving my body but it's for that moment of moving it I because think I think, oh, it's a nice thing. It deserves to be looked after a bit. Yeah, I think it is about getting to that point where you are, and I'm not there, by the way, um, where you're eating healthily because you want to feel good and you're exercising because, it, because you know, it helps your mental well-being and it helps you, you know, process the day or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not there. But you know, but... like, I don't think that's anything to feel guilty of because actually the whole, whole idea of like you're being healthy or not being healthy, I don't think it is. You, th This is the whole thing with dieting as well. I was either fully on the diet bandwagon 
but I didn't say I was doing a diet. I would say I'm being healthy. Yeah, I used to do that all the time. I would always say, oh, I'm on a bit of a health kick at the moment. And that was like the socially acceptable way of saying, yeah, I'm cutting back and trying to lose weight. Yeah, but actually it's not about living one lifestyle or living another. It's not about making that choice or making that choice. It's just about living your life and every day making choices that feel good for you. And, and accepting that healthy doesn't look one way and accepting that we all have days where you're going to want to eat chocolate and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, emotional eating is, is, is okay. <laughs> you know, I think like we're just really hard on ourselves, aren't we? So much of the time we are so hard on ourselves and we have this idea that you have to pick one avenue and stay on that avenue and stay on that street or you're fully off it and yeah. you're just like sitting around eating crisps all the time actually it doesn't have to be like that there are some weeks when I don't go for a run at all or I don't do any yoga because I haven't got time you know I don't just eat kale all the time I I love you know all different types of food I don't even think about it I literally don't think about it and I think that that I don't have room in my brain. I don't I don't want to give room in my brain to things like calories and and thinking, oh, is this a healthy choice or not? I just eat what I want to eat. Do you think we've come full circle though? Do you think that there is now some kind of shame attached to admitting that you're on a diet or you know going to Slimming World, um, you know, or you know admitting that oh I've I've got my uh, my holiday booked for July, so I'm going to be going to the gym twice a week between mm. now and then. Mm. You know, have we kind of come full circle where people are almost like hiding the fact that they are? That I really hope that we haven't. I can see how some people might feel like that. Um, this is something that we talk, I do a podcast about about bodies, uh, body cons, you should listen. Uh, <laughs> Available um, on the iTunes store. <laughs> but we do talk about this with like the guests that we, we speak to. And I'm often saying, you know, there shouldn't be any judgment. There, I'm, I have no judgment. If you want to do a diet, do a diet. I, I don't care. It's your body. It's your body. It's your choice. But maybe we need to think about some of the reasons that we're doing it and some of the, the messaging around why we're treating our bodies in the way that we're treating them or talking about them in the way we're talking about them. Um, I don't think that there is any, there should be no shame about any of this stuff, whether you feel good in your body or bad in your body. I'm really aware that for some people, looking at a picture of a woman um, on the beach with her stretch marks out or her wobbly tummy in loving life in a bikini might actually be really triggering for them because they might think, well, why don't I feel like that? And actually, that's a valid feeling. That's okay too. We shouldn't be thinking that you're you, loving your body is not something that you can fail at it's not like you either do it or you don't it's a process and I don't wake up every morning and love my body every single day but the difference is now if I do have those negative feelings I can I can kind of bounce back from them much quicker um, and I don't let them I don't let them dictate my feelings or my day I don't let them decide what I'm going to wear that day or whether I'm going to go out with my friends or whether I'm going to go swimming I do it anyway and I bounce back from it I think that's the trick um, but yeah 100% I don't think anyone should feel like not loving their body or not accepting their body is something that they're failing at because it's not it's it's a process and there is no shame in wanting to change your body because ultimately look at all the messages that we're constantly get, getting I think it's a wonder that anyone feels good in their skin when you look at the toxic messages around us all the time that we are bombarded with from the moment that we wake up until the moment we go to bed it is a wonder that anyone feels good about themselves. So what would you say then to anyone who's listening who perhaps they're watching Naked Beach and they're feeling quite empowered and they're feeling 
uh, you know, you know, like it's kind of affecting them and making them feel like they want to start that process. Yeah. But they kind of know deep down they they're they're still at that that beginning of the journey, um, and they they still feel a bit horrified at the prospect of putting on a bikini in a couple of months' time on their holiday. What would you say to those people? There's no quick fix with this stuff. I think, um, and I have had quite a lot of messages actually, people saying, can you give me a few quick tips for how I can feel good? Everyone wants a quick hack, Everyone wants a quick hack. Um, You want a quick hack to change your body or you want a quick hack to change your mindset. And unfortunately, there is no quick fix. I could give you loads of tips and things that have helped me, but ultimately it's a process. And if we've got a lifetime of learned messages, you don't unlearn those messages overnight. So what you need to do is immerse yourself and, and do do the work. Unfortunately, it is work, but it, it doesn't have to be a thing. It's not like a project. It's not a homework project, you know. Listen to podcasts about this stuff on your way home from work, you know, or while you're cooking your kids' tea. Spend a bit more time looking in the mirror at yourself and rather than being critical, look at the things that you like. Just spend a bit more time with your body getting to know it again. When you're in the bath, don't just cover yourself with bubbles. Don't jump out the shower and immediately reach for a towel. Um, when you're looking at your body, don't pull at it. You know, I think a lot of the time we like pull at our love handles or our thighs and we kind of really get focused on those. Don't do that. Try just sort of touching your body lovingly. Just give it a pat. Um, the whole thing of clothes as well. Like don't get rid of the jeans that don't fit you. They're not some kind of thing that you need to strive for. That's not your friend. Get rid of those things and put them away and go and buy new things that fit you and that feel nice on your body. Just like I did when I went yeah. and bought a few uh, baggy summer dresses that yeah. I could wear this summer rather than kind of agonising over the fact that I can't wear the ones that I wore two years ago. Yeah, 100%. Get rid of those things because, you know, your body isn't... If you can't bear to take them to the charity shop, put them in the loft or put them under your bed because having a constant reminder is like having annoying Nan in the corner constantly telling you off for eating too much chocolate. You don't need that every day. You don't need to start your day with that. Um, diversify your social media feeds. Really seek out different accounts. And if there are people or friends on Facebook that make you feel bad, or not I'm not saying no one is going out of their way to deliberately make you feel bad about your body um I would argue some diet companies are because they want you to buy their products yeah, but of course. <laughs> you know none of you know your friend down the road who is on a diet who's going to slimming world every week who's really proud of her weight loss who's sharing every weekly weigh-in result she's not doing that to make you feel bad but that might trigger you to feel bad. It might make you think, oh, you need to do the same. Well, you're not quite good enough as you are. So maybe just mute her. It doesn't mean you don't have to tell her. Just mute her. You know, The mute function is such a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you, have, you have control to a certain extent about how much you see and what you see on your social media feeds. That is one element that we can you know have a little bit of control over to a certain extent so really seek out accounts that do make you feel good and listen to podcasts that make you feel good and watch shows like Naked Beach and spend some more time getting to know your own body love it um mm. right so time to crack out this Nazaru. yeah <laughs> uh, body paint me up Molly what do you want a sunflower do a sunflower on the bum can I have uh, a sunflower on each boob? Would yes, that be possible? I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being my guest today. It has been marvellous. Thank you for having me. Right, I've wiped the body paint off now that Molly has left. Um, thank you so much for joining me today and for listening. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it, please. And I shall catch up with you next time. 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.